Well, good morning. You might notice in the bulletin there are a few things that are different, like me <laughs> being up here. Dr. McDonald uh, is ill, and so we pray and um, offer blessings for his speedy recovery. And last night, uh, Kelsey and I got a text message, and I was the first to respond, so here I am to bring you the message today. I did wait for a few minutes, but she's pretty busy today, so. The scripture is different uh, this morning than what is in the bulletin. The scripture that I'm going to be sharing with you is from my favorite uh, scripture passage. It's from Paul's letter to his friends in Colossae, and it's from the third chapter, verses uh, 12 through 17. And so I would invite you now to listen to the word of God. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you today and to share the message, especially when I found out that it was Confirmation Sunday, and I'll talk a little bit about that in my message today. But I thank you for, uh, for allowing me to be in this pulpit. Uh, I've been in this church for a long, long time, on and off as I've gone off to do ministry, but I always come back here because this is the place I met God, and this is where I feel my strongest faith experiences. So I want to start by telling you about the first sermon I ever preached. I will never forget this. I was in seminary and there were probably about 20 other students there at chapel for the week, although it felt at the time like there were 20,000 people sitting out there. And I and two other seminary students had been designated as the worship leaders for that day and they designated me as the preacher because I was the last one to show up at the committee meeting. So just as a warning that that happens. While I was standing in the hall waiting to go into our chapel, I held my little crinkled piece of paper. It was on yellow legal paper. I'd written out every word. This is a long time ago. I'd written out every single word. And I had gone over and over and over those notes in my mind I mean, I went over those at the breakfast table while I was drinking my tab. Do you remember tab? <laughs> the precursor to Diet Coke or whatever we, most people drink coffee, but that was mine. I had gone over those notes while I was sitting in front of the television set watching Love Boat, things like that, while I was doing my hair in the Charlie's Angels hairdo of the time. I had worked on that sermon 
for three months in preaching class. And I, I knew that sermon better than the fifth grader knows the Pledge of Allegiance. I knew that. I knew that. I was ready. I was also more anxious than I'd ever been in my entire life. So we went into the chapel and we sat down and the chairs were, there were three chairs lined up in the front. So we were sitting there facing everybody. And I looked out at everybody that was sitting there waiting to hear my sermon. After the invocation and the scripture, it was my turn. So with my sweaty palms, my shaking hands, and my little crumpled piece of paper, I stepped into the pulpit and I looked out at the audience who was there and I reminded myself, these are my friends. Um, although at that time I felt like I was Daniel in the lion's den. And I remember at the last minute before preaching, I decided that I was going to ask for a prayer. And I said to the congregation that was gathered there, I said, will you pray with me, please? <laughs> I will never forget that first sermon. I stood there and I delivered that sermon. I included every single doctrinal and theological idea I had ever known or ever heard about or ever learned about. They were all there. The virgin birth, the incarnation, the doctrine of atonement, grace, justification, reconciliation, trinity, the resurrection. It was all there. I preached and I preached and I preached and I told them everything that I knew. And when I was done, I said, amen. And I felt this sense of relief and I went and I sat down in my chair and I looked at my watch. I had been up there for exactly three minutes. <laughs> I mean, I will never forget that first sermon I ever preached, how nervous I was and how profound I wanted to be and how relieved I was when it was done. I'll never forget that. Years later, in fact, I ran into my preaching professor at General Assembly and we sat down to have lunch. And as we were sharing um, some stories and breaking bread together, we started talking about those first sermons and, you know, that seminarians preached and how I said, you, you had to sit through a lot of those, didn't you? And he said, yeah, I did. And I said, well, do you, when I asked him if he remembered how short my first sermon was, he said, well, no, you know, when it comes to duration, we only remember how long some are. <laughs> Since that day, I have preached literally hundreds of sermons from, from places like little huts in Mexico with dirt floors to cathedrals. I've preached to as few as two to as many as 2,000 people. I've preached all over the country, all over this presbytery. Um, and at the time, both in my preaching, myself, and listening to sermons, there are some things that I've learned. One is don't preach too long. So you've got that going for you, I hope. Um, or that's all they'll remember, like, oh, that went on and on and on. Another is that a sermon can never be too short. But there are so many other things that I've learned. And another thing that I've learned is not only does a preacher deliver sermons when he or she steps into the pulpit, but that preachers are given the gift of sermons from their congregations, from their churches. And I found that this is true in life as well. It's the way we live. It's the touching 
moments of compassion, the mission of churches, the giving, um, the giving of ourselves and of our offerings and our stewardship, those are the things that are sermons that we preach that make a difference. I first experienced those moments in this church, as a matter of fact. From the moment that I walked into this sacred place many years ago, I felt the presence of God. I was confirmed here, and that's why I love that it's Confirmation Sunday. I was confirmed here about 50 years ago. I know, it's hard to believe. <laughs> and I was in Dr. and Mrs. Lowe's confirmation class. I was the first confirmation class of Dr. James Anderson, who became a very good friend and mentor for me. And that was 50 years ago, this month. So I have a celebration today too. I got my call to the ministry in this place. I was ordained here to a minister of the Word and Sacrament. I was married here. My children were baptized here. And my mother and my father and my husband lay to rest in the columbarium here. And so this place is very special to me. So with your generous kindness today, I'd like to take a few moments to talk about the ways I've seen the Holy Spirit active in this church over many, many years, and the things that will remain with me always until my very last breath. I'd like to share the profound and sacred feelings that have called me back here over and over and over again. And uh, to come back to that place where I first encountered God and the first place I knew that Jesus was real and that Jesus was my Messiah. These are the things I know live in the heart of Kirk in the Hills. So one pastor tells a story that I, I love. So I'm gonna tell you the story. It's about a little girl and she was sitting on her mother's lap and she put her ear up to her mother's chest and she said, the mother said, you know, Jesus lives in your heart. And they sat there quietly for a moment in a very intimate moment there. And then the mother said, what do you suppose he's doing? What do you suppose he's doing in there? And the little girl said, well, I don't know but it sounds like he's making coffee. <laughs> I, if someone were to put their ear up to the heart of this beautiful um, Kirk in the Hills and the Christians who worship here, what would they hear? We know they'd, make, we'd, they'd hear us making a lot of coffee because you know we're Presbyterians and that's what we do, but what else might one hear if they put their ear up to the heart of Kirk in the Hills? So reflecting on that beautiful reading that I just shared with you from Colossians, let's take a look briefly at the way the Holy Spirit has been and continues to be active here and how that will take the church into the future because you have such a future ahead of you. So last night when I got the text from Dr. McDonald, I thought, huh, what message could I bring today at this 11th hour? Um, you know, it was, a, it was a busy weekend. There was Cinco de Mayo, there was the coronation, there was the Kentucky Derby, and I thought, no, no, none of those really fit, you know? But then I looked and I saw that it was Confirmation Sunday. 
So I read over, I went to my favorite passage, which is this one in Colossians, and I read that over. I also read over my own confirmation statement, and by the way, it was nowhere near what Alex just read to you. I can tell you right now, that was amazing, and thank you for that. But along with a few of other comforting Bible verses, um, there, you know, these are the touchstones of our faith, really. The scriptures, uh, the, the way that we write and pray and things like that. Um, those are the touchstones of our faith stories in the midst of community. So as I gathered my thoughts late last night, I began to catch glimpses of the sermons that you have preached through the years. This church and the ones that I have heard from some of you in your stories, your prayers, the way you live, the way you give, which have been inspirational and faithful. First of all, I have seen how you love God and I've seen how you love each other. You have shown compassion, as Paul writes in his letter. So you've shown that compassion. And what does that mean? Here's a definition from my favorite theologian, Frederick Buechner. I'm sure some of you are familiar with him. Um, this is how he defines compassion. The knowledge that there can never really be any peace and joy for me until there is peace and joy finally for you too. I just, I love that. What a beautiful definition that we can only find that true peace and joy and happiness when we know that others are experiencing it as well. I personally have experienced that compassion in this place. When my husband died suddenly just a few years ago, there was such an incredible outpouring of, of, of love from here. Um, I was in awe. I was, you know, for, I was always the one who was supposed to, as a pastor, reach out with compassion and be the person that offered comfort in times of grief. I will never, ever forget what you did for me and how grateful I am to this congregation and to all those who reached out to me. You have angels here. I won't call them out, but there are angels in your midst. I remember an example when um, I came here and uh, it was, I didn't know what to do and I was just embraced, you know, by Jen in the office and Budge Gear was here at the time and just this amazing outreach of love. I know it's not always easy. So what other sermons have you as a congregation shared over the years? The boldness of sharing your faith and the truth, the truth that transcends everything else, the truth of Jesus Christ with love and forgiveness. Paul tells us to keep at your work. Keep at this faith and this love that is rooted in Jesus. And like I said, it's not always easy. There are always differing opinions and concerns in any church. I always say if we were all the same, then that would be really boring, I think. I mean, there would only one of us would be necessary if we all had the same thoughts and opinions and we were all the same. But sometimes it's tough. I've served four, I have served 14 congregations in the Presbytery of Detroit, and none are without their own special characteristics and struggles and challenges. 
And I remember an example, I was thinking about this this morning, an example when I was here um, in youth group, so that was back during the Jurassic period a million years ago, and when we were in youth group, the big issue at that time was that our junior high bell ringers played Jesus Christ Superstar as one of our pieces in worship. That created a huge, a huge upheaval. And I can stand here today and tell you we survived. <laughs> we all survived. In fact, I've seen the play five, six times. But as 12 and 13-year-olds, we thought we were mavericks. We were, that was something. I know that the Holy Spirit has been amazing um, in this place. I never walk into this sanctuary and, um, and not feel the love of God. I encourage you to stay strong in your faith, even in challenges. You know, the reason that Paul wrote this letter to the Colossians, he had different reasons to write all these letters and go on and on, but the reason that he wrote to the Colossians was because he had heard that they were struggling with things in their church and in their community. No matter what they were faced with, though, you know, he said to them, no part of your existence remains untouched by the loving and liberating rule of Jesus Christ. And that is such an important message. And how like our God that is. God never deserts us, no matter what's going on. You know, think of these examples. The den of lions, the belly of a whale, a deserted island, the ark, the wilderness, the cross. God always brings us back with love. And then finally, the part about being patient uh, with one another, even when we're flawed and careless and whatever, the patience. Now, I know this is difficult. I know, personally. I mean, I have children. I, you know, <laughs> patience is tough. I remember once when I did a wedding and uh, at the rehearsal, the couple was supposed to share a reading together in tandem, and the, the uh, bride had picked up this beautiful reading, and she had given the groom a copy of this. He hadn't looked at it yet, so we're standing at the rehearsal, and she's reading her part, and he's looking at it, you know, with wide eyes, reading his part, and there he was, and um, he got to the part, you know, stumbled a little bit through it, and he got to a part about how you're supposed to be patient, and, and on and on and on. And, after the rehearsal, the groom came up to me and said, you know that part about being patient with flaws and all that? Does that really count? I mean, really? And we laughed because every single person standing at that rehearsal knew exactly where he was coming from. It's hard. Patience is hard, especially for some odd reason with the people that we love the most, you know, and that we're closest to. But God never abandons us. So I would encourage you to keep these qualities at the forefront of your mission and your ministry here at Kirk in the Hills. You know, and for those of you who just went through confirmation, who knows, maybe in 50 years you'll be standing up here. I can see it. Yeah, maybe you'll be doing that. I never thought I would at that time, and here I am. But the Holy Spirit is alive in this place. Remember that always. I know I'm thankful to be here today. And so I began this sermon by telling you that I will never forget the first sermon I ever preached and that I learned a thing or two about preaching since then. One of the things that I have learned at this church over many, many, many years um, is that it is essential to have, it is as essential to have a caring and compassionate congregation as it is to have thoughtful pastors. 
it's as important to have the, the mission and ministry of the congregation as it is to have the thoughtful leaders. And another thing, you know, I can't help but remember is that it doesn't hurt as a preacher to never preach too long. So with that, I will say may God bless you. Amen.